0: Praise the Lord. It's a good church already. The presence of God is here. We'd all stand. Brother Isaac has some good preaching in this church. And uh, God's really reaching. And uh, I know everybody here has been in church forever. Most everybody's here has been in church forever. But I wonder, you know, I wonder if we're still going to treat it like every Wednesday night, just another Wednesday night. Oh, God delivered me from a lot of stuff, Brother Stevens, on a Wednesday night, just a regular old Wednesday night. The Spirit of God moved in that place, and He set me free from a whole lot of stuff, and uh, nothing's impossible with God. I know everybody here knows how to worship, knows what it's all about, and uh, they say there's all kinds of stuff with body language, and that's how they catch the bad guys, and tell whether you're doing this or that. I'm usually the guy giving off all the body language. I don't have time to study somebody else's. But I do know as Brother Isaac gets this offering and we sing some songs that uh, raising your hands is a type of, you know, surrendering to God. And it's it's not just a surrender, and it's a, it's a way of saying, it's a way of opening yourself up and inviting God just to say, here I am with all my humanity, all my flaws, all my wrongs. I'm just right here God and I need you. And It's just a way to break that deal so I wonder if he's taking up an offer and we can sing and just just start by raising our hands. Don't feel ashamed. Just raise your hands and say God, here I am. Oh, I love you God. Here I here am Lord God. I surrender to you God tonight. I, I need you God. I need you God tonight. Oh, I- God, I worship you, Lord Jesus, tonight. Here I am, Lord God. Oh, have you with my life tonight, God? Oh, I worship you, mighty God. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You, Lord. You, Lord. Page,
1: page 21 in your books. I know that the light of His presence with me doth continually dwell redeem redeem Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb redeemed, Redeem redeemed His child and forever I am I think of my blessed Love him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my soul. Redeem, oh redeem, redeem by the blood of the The King in whose law I delight Who lovingly guardeth my footsteps And giveth me salt in the night Redeem, redeem, redeem by the blood of the Lamb Redeem, redeem, His child in poor Oh, I'm redeemed by love divine. Oh, glory, glory! Christ is mine. Oh, to Him I now. Redeemed.
0: bought with a price, quite the lofty price. He values each and every one of us tonight. Y'all may be seated, Brother Erickson. It was good preaching Sunday.
2: You
0: You know, I like those podcasts and I'll listen to podcasts and and, uh, I find myself now, Chelsea's got their own podcast, so everybody needs to listen to it. I listen to the same guy preach like three times in a week. Same sermon. Really? Yeah.
2: A glutton for punishment or what? No. I'm
0: trying to find those little inconsistent. No, oh. it's all good. No, it's good. No, it's good. No, it's good. It's
2: good. <laughs> oh, at, least, at least he's honest, right? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Church of Entrapment. <laughs> Praise the Lord, appreciate you all tonight. Great to be here. Again, it's so good to have everyone. I want to talk to you about an interesting subject that I am learning about, and I, um, same old thing, I'll never get as deep as I'd like to go, but I, I do have a few thoughts that maybe will be valuable tonight. I want to talk to you about transitions in your life. Things where you're changing from one to another thing. It happens. It happens in every age. Every one of us here represented here tonight is, has transitions we're going through. It might be a new job. It might be, uh, you know, it's a home life. It may be dealing with situations, circumstances. It may be, uh, you know, the cares of life, whatever they may be. But, um, I, and I'm going to tell you tonight that uh, Israel ended up with a king. But I don't think that Israel had to have a king in order to be able to know the King of Kings. And I'm gonna I'm gonna bring to you this this time uh, during the book of Samuel, chapter eight, and I'm gonna read verses one through uh, nine. And then I, I have quite a bit of Bible to read tonight, but Jeff has got it here, and uh, he'll be able to follow this. Help us out here. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of the second was Abijah, Abijah, and they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in Samuel's ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore, hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. Amen. The book of 1 Samuel is a book of transition because it is following the days of the judges. Now I know what the Bible just said here about Samuel's sons were judges, but they were not judges like the judges in the book of Judges. He made these men, his sons, to be judicial leaders in the community in Beersheba. So who was the last judge in Scripture? It was Samuel. Samuel was the twelfth judge that we find in Scripture. Now, if you recall, uh, just a little feedback background: uh, the book of Judges was a book of all these men that God chose out of just and women. yes, yes, <laughs> men and women. Thank you, Elaine. I said that the other day to Vivian and Margaret, and she corrected me. (laughs) So I really have it coming. Uh, Judges is a book of God choosing regular people to become someone that would trust the Lord and do what he told them to do in the middle of a crisis that Israel was going through. Every time there was an enemy that they had to fight, a different enemy, all 12 Judges, fought 12 different enemies. All 12 judges fought in 12 different circumstances or situations. It's interesting to notice that. But tonight, now, I'm, we're leaving judges, and we're moving into this next phase of Israel's history called the kings of Israel. And so Samuel's the last judge. He was known, by one thing, he was known for his ability to pray well he was born in answer to prayer would you agree his name means asked of god and his prayer his prayer was the delivering power that god brought a complete victory in mizpah which we'll look here a little bit later the move of the spirit often does not look like it knows what it's doing in the normal world that you and I live in. In other words, things could be raging, things could be going wrong, things could be chaos in our lives, and we're thinking, where is God? That's what Gideon, one of the judges, asked the Lord when he was threshing out wheat in the, in the, in the vineyard because he was hoping the enemy wouldn't find him there. So he's threshing wheat in a place that you normally don't thresh wheat and he was there, and the angel of the Lord came and spoke to him, and, and Gideon said, you're trying to tell me that God is working in this situation? Using my own paraphrase here. He said, you're trying to tell me that, that God knows what's going on? And if you go through history in, in Scripture and in your life and mine, you probably will find that God does some of the most incredible things in the middle of what I think is chaos. My life's not going the way I want it to, Susie. I, 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 I made some mistakes. I'm upside down. I don't know what to do. Just hang on. That seems to be when God works some of his best moves. The Apostle Paul, and in all of his greatness, all of his knowledge, his wisdom, his learning, finally is going through some trials He's got this thorn in his side. Uh, as, as some people thought it was blindness. Some people thought it was one thing or another. But whatever it is, we don't know for, for a fact. But all I know is I see Paul praying, Lord, deliver me from this, this thorn in my side. And that's when the Lord told them, When you're weakest is when I'm strongest. When you don't understand and you don't have a good roadmap, and you don't have things figured out, and and not everything's going the way you wished it could, and and you wished your life was different. Hang on. You're in a perfect setting for the Lord. You are in transition. (laughs) God is getting ready to move you. Not judgment. No, 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 no. We're not talking about judgment. We're talking about blessing. We're talking about knowing God. We're talking about the Lord delivering you. Amen. Amen. Everybody okay so far? So let's look at just a few verses here. 1 Samuel 7 and 5. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. Okay? That's what Samuel did. He's going to offer up a sacrifice, and God is going to honor not the whole congregation, not all Israel prayed, just, just Samuel did, and the Lord honored it. Huh. Look at 1 Samuel 7 and 8. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that, we, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. The people went to, they went to Samuel and said, Pray for us. Please pray for us. Don't stop now. Talking about Samuel, the man of prayer. That's how effective his ministry was. And then in 1 Samuel 7, starting with 10, I'm going to read all the way through uh, 15. Why should I be reading this, John? (laughs) Where are you? 1 Samuel 7, uh, 9 through, no, sorry. Yeah, start with 7, verse number 8, and go all the way through 15. Nice and loud. Praise the Lord, a man of prayer, a man who, uh, what do we do in transition with all the unknowns? That's the time to pray. That's time to go and confidence and say, God, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't have the answers. I, I am clueless. But, oh, God, I'm trusting you. You've got to help me and find a place to pray. Get alone where it's, you're not praying for others to hear. You're praying for the Lord to hear. And there, rather be silent prayer with your lips or, or rather be uh, open with, with voice, uh, whatever, you, whatever the situation will allow you, just pray and ask God and see what the Lord will do. The Lord wants to answer prayer tonight. To, to think that, that God answered one man's prayer for an entire nation to me is incredible. Jehovah, our God, had been the king of Israel and cared for this nation since its very beginning. But now the elders of the nation wanted a king to lead them. Why would they do that? Well, I think the things have been really listed out for us. Well, let me just name them. The request for a king was motivated motivated by these factors. Number one, Samuel's sons were not godly. And the elders feared that they would lead the nation astray when Samuel died. Reasonable thought. Number two, the nation had been through a series of temporary judges or leaders during the period of the judges. And the elders wanted a more permanent ruler. We want to get this thing on the right plane and watch it go. We want it to be self Self-running. And number three, Israel wanted to be like other nations and have a king to honor. And God told Samuel, they're doing this because they are in disobedience and they are in idolatry. They aren't believing me. It seems amazing to me how that our rational mind can come up with a plan sometimes that may be completely contrary to what God wants. But what I'm showing you tonight in these just a few more minutes, I, I don't need to take long, I don't think, tonight, but, but I need to show you how that all this time, yes, Samuel did what God told him to and said, okay, 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 you're going to get a king. But hear me. Kings don't come without a price. There's a cost to doing business when you're putting one person above others and you're giving them all power. And so, Samuel's reaction to the request shows that, I mean, the way Samuel responded, he understood what their reasoning was. He no doubt wasn't happy about his boys. And yet something was missing. And that's the part I want to bring us around the scene tonight. Samuel understood that they hadn't caught on to what God really wanted to do. In choosing Saul, the nation rejected the father. In choosing Barabbas, the nation rejected Jesus, the son. And The apostles, they rejected the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's not three different gods. That's one God. But it shows how that every facet of how God wants to work and move in people's lives can be thwarted through unbelief. So here's Moses. Wow, Moses? All those years before? Yeah. What was Joshua, 120 when he died? The young man when Moses passed away, so ninety hundred years later, and now going into Samuel a new day? Deuteronomy 17 14 through 20. When thou art come, when thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, this is Moses prophesying concerning this very hour with Samuel and the people and the nation. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt possess it, and shalt dwell therein, and shalt say, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me. Wow. Talking about a long time prophecy. Yeah, yeah. Thou shalt in any wise set him a king over, th- thou shalt... In any wise set him a king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. One from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. But he shall, but he shall not multiply horses to himself, or cause the people to return to Egypt, to the end that he should multiply horses. For as much as the Lord hath said unto you, ye shall henceforth return no more that way. Neither shall ye, neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of his law, this law in a book out of with, that which is before the priests and Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may lean. Uh, learn, excuse me, to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law, these statutes, to do them. And his heart, that his heart be now lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Yeah. It's like God had this mapped out and knew what was about to happen. Something gets in our lives where we want to fix our problems. We want to fix what's wrong, and we forget God in a transition. They wanted to be like other nations, even though God had called them to be a separate nation unto themselves. The scripture explains how that Saul was brought to Samuel and privately anointed him for the kingship. 1 Samuel 9 and 21, I won't read it, goes in and tells us how humble Saul was. He hid among the stuff. He didn't want to face anyone. God gave Saul these special signs to prove to him that truly he was going to be with him and that he would know that God was for him. Saul instructed Saul to tarry at Gilgal and wait for him to come. Because you don't forget the man of God in the middle of your transition. They were ready to step from one thing to the next. Woo, going to have us a king. Someone's going to take care of us. Someone going to deal with all those people who come against us going to come up with a plan to provide us food and take care of the needs. And he's going to think of everything. He's going to take care of us. It's going to be wonderful to have a king. Oh, it's been so rough on us not having a king. And so Saul tells, excuse me, Samuel tells Saul, he said, at some future date, he had spoken to Saul already earlier and told him, that he would have an army ready for battle. And now it seems like the men have gathered, and now they're with Saul and Gilgal. Saul had everything in his favor. A strong body, stood head and shoulders above everyone. A humble mind, he was not wrapped up in himself. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 10 and 9, God gave him a new heart to be able to face the issues and become a great king for Israel. The Bible tells us that God anointed him and gave him spiritual power to be able to be connected with the Lord. And to validate that is point number five was the fact that he had the guidance of a great man called Samuel that was behind him. And wanted him to be successful. And then lastly, he had loyal friends, people that were in his ballpark. And yet, all this, Saul failed miserably because he would not allow God to be the Lord in his life. He just wanted to help Israel so that God could be the Lord in the nation's life. Have you ever tried to witness someone tell them about the goodness of God, yet knowing that you were not right with them? (laughs) Your heart wasn't right with God? You felt like hiding? Why am I even trying this? When Saul was anointed king, he, he went home and hid, as it were, it was like he was afraid of speak with anyone. And yet it was such an hour of transition because this was the first step into something new. Everything was new. For Israel to go from the prophet and the judges of old now to having a king. Everything was new. Can I tell you today that you are stepping off into the unknown? But that is the very place where God can do a new thing in your life. That's the very place where God can change and make all things new for you and give you a perspective. If your eyes are on the Lord, if your eyes are on the Lord, if you're trusting the Lord tonight, God wants to do great things in your life. Also, Saul was humble. Yet his friends and associates wanted him to lay claim to the victory. But it was the prophet. And I, I want to bring you now to this last thinking now. So we've got this transition. Saul's called by God. Samuel's supporting him and helping him. He's his guide, spiritual guide. And all that's happening, and yet... And yet Samuel has not left his post of being a man who was given through prayer to learn to pray and to have contact with God. Literally this whole period of time was hanging on the shoulders of one man who was willing to pray and say, oh God, help us do great things in our life. I never read one time, Of Israel praying. I only see the love of a man who loved God. And through that love of God, through that relationship, he was able to push back the enemy. He was able to bring and help the transition to happen for the next step. And he was able to do great things. It was Samuel stood before Israel one day and said I am blameless in your sight. Not one of you can stand to say I stole or took one donkey from you. But it wasn't now through all that happened. But Mizpah, well well Now the Philistines rose up against this last judge and came against Israel seeking to demolish them and take them down with their new king. And God brought thunderings upon them. All because there was a man who prayed for Israel who prepared a sacrifice and got all of Israel to participate by focusing on what God would do. And then watching God come in and do a mighty hand, a mighty work. I felt like as I was reading and studying this today, that's so similar to our lives, that we also can make real blunders of our life. But if we ever make a blunder, it's not that you meant to do good, it's not that you intended to do good. But it will always be because you didn't include God. Because our God is able today to lead us wherever He wants to take us. This church in Chelsea, our our job, I, I as a pastor, my job is simply to, to put before us this ever awakening that the only way we are going to be successful is if we pray because we're building a relationship with the Lord because we love him and he cares about me. It doesn't matter that there's 2,000 people out there and there's 12 of us here, however many there are. It doesn't matter. Numbers have nothing to do with it. If just a little church in Chelsea would start to pray and say, God, it's time for a transition in Chelsea from being a church that was just barely surviving and turning it into a church that is now able to impact others and touch lives and see, lo, the work of God go forth like never before. It won't be my might. It won't be my power. It won't be my knowledge. It won't be my abilities, nor yours. It's going to be the Lord. And so Samuel warned those people. He said, don't you know kings are costly? Your daughters are going to be taken to marry kings. Your sons are going to work. Some are going to be bakers. Some are going to be soldiers. And it's going to be beyond your power and beyond your ability. And that king is going to say, oh, for the good of the kingdom. And you'll be compelled to allow yourself to let these things be. He said there's going to be taxes, there's going to be a payment, there's going to be a process. Nothing comes cheap living in a kingdom that has a king. Oh, you'll honor your king to the point where he begins to demand more and greater honor. Because that's just the way of all flesh. But Samuel said, don't you realize what's happening here? It's been prayer It's been God working and moving when we sought him. That was the difference. Israel, you can have a king, but don't walk away from prayer. Don't give up on God just because you've got a new, exciting way ahead of you. Don't think that your past is what written off Samuel reviewed the history of Israel, the nation, and then he led the people to see that they had greatly sinned against the Lord. And Samuel led them into a nationwide revival that they would seek God once again. All because of a man that prayed, not because of the king, not because of the glory, not because of the new thing, not because now we're like other nations, but it would be the the decided singular thing that would make us different from every other nation. We are a people that pray. We are a people that seek God. And when we do, God will intervene and will help us. Would you stand with me tonight? And then Samuel did something unique. A time of drought, dearth, dry, tough on the land and the people. And Samuel prayed and a rain came in the middle of their harvest, which is unheard of. And Israel knew that we've been seeking the wrong voice we need Samuel. We need someone that will pray. When you pray, it's easy to admit sin. When you pray, it's easy to recover and get your heart right, to renew, to revive, to gain strength from the holy. When you pray, you can change families and situations when you pray you could change your city and your community when you pray I believe that we could change the national picture in our, in our country right now oh it won't be ever that we get any self-grandizement we won't get any honor or credit but oh I want to be one of the ones that will pray and seek the Lord tonight I don't want to give up Oh, as we gain new people and more folks keep coming out and Sundays are looking great I'm so excited all that the Lord is doing but listen I don't care how big we get don't let me forget prayer don't let me forget prayer don't let me forget that this is the ground and foundational work that we are built on They needed to know that it was not going to be the king that saved them. It was going to be them getting their hearts right with God and their obedience to the Lord. That's what would bring victory. And that still is true today. I can fight it. I can deny it. I can run around it. I can pretend it's not there, but all the people that are able to repent and have their hearts right with God, the people that do know their God shall do exploits. Amen. I'm looking for a church in Chelsea, Oklahoma. Not that we're better than any other church. I'm not, please, please, I'm not trying to be out of order. What I'm trying to tell you is that we can bind together. We can be a church that prays. And we can see some things change. Amen. I believe the people that have been coming are because of your prayers. (laughs) Don't stop now. Don't stop now. You want to transition to a new world, to a better life, to a better situation, circumstances. It's okay. It's good. Transitions happen to us all the time. Move in the Holy Ghost. Walk with God. Listen to the voice of God. Pray fervently. Seek the Lord. And watch what God will do. Oh, Pastor, I'm in a situation that I don't know. I have no answers to. That's all right. It's okay. I just want you to pray like you've never prayed. Let your heart be broken. Find a place on your knees before the Lord. Seek him early, and he shall be found of thee. In the day that you seek for me with your whole hearts, you shall find me, is what the word of God says. Amen. Sister Susie, please sing. I, I feel like we need to reach out to God. By many or by few, the Lord promised that he would bring forth a victory. He told the prophet, not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Too many scriptures out there today to validate what we've preached tonight. That our answer It's not bigger, better church buildings, new programs, or spectacular certain people coming, though I do want more to come. But it will be a church that understands today that what we need is the Spirit of the Lord to work and move tonight in our lives. I believe the Lord has been here. I've enjoyed the presence of the Lord in this place. Let you know that Wednesday nights are not for naught. They're worth coming to. Amen. Because God can speak to you and I today. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Appreciate you so much, church. Amen. Sunday, come and bring someone with you. Looking forward to some guests being here. And um, looking forward to good things happening. Amen. God bless you.